0: December is here, which means we are in the last month of 2023, and we are here to usher in the March to Christmas and the other holidays to close out this year, talking Star Wars. So we want to welcome everybody back to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John, that's James. Uh, We are here to talk to you about uh, some pretty cool topics today. Um, We are going to kick things off with Will of the Force in just a bit. And then we're going to have a discussion later. Uh, you may remember, if if you are uh, been listening for a while, that this summer we sort of did an episode on whether fans were getting uh, fatigue on nostalgia. And now, when we think about things, uh, it might actually be something that is important for the future of some of these IPs. So we're going to talk about the balance. You know, we always talk about balance in the force, but we're talking about the balance of keeping things fresh while also. Tickling that nostalgia to make you feel all warm and fuzzy about things that uh, maybe when life is a little easier and you remember uh, the good times. But anyway, that's a discussion for later as we uh, keep our eye ahead on 2024 and the future of Star Wars movies. Hopefully we get filming on a Star Wars movie next year. Uh, We'll see. But James, it is December. The holidays are upon us. People are pretending that they're working uh, between Thanksgiving and December. We're just clackling those keyboards or we're swinging those hammers, whatever we have to do to get to the holidays. Uh, how do you how do you shop for Christmas, James? Are you like a are you a last minute go to the store type of dad? Are you an online shopper who gets things done early? Do you not do any of the shopping? Does Rachel do the shopping? Like where what type of Christmas shopper are you? All of the above.
1: Oh, OK. Yeah, absolutely. I would say the majority of the shopping for all of the people that we have to get presents for Rachel's so much better at it like I will get random things in, you know, August and September that's like, hey, what oh, do you wow. think for your mom or whatever, you know, like, uh, sure, you know, or whatever, like, like, there's a lot of that. Um, I do a lot of mine online, but there's a lot of people that don't like either give me lists or I don't see that often. So I really don't know what to get this person. And then I'm sort of stuck and I will, I will not solve that problem until the last minute. And I will go to the stores and I will walk around and be like, I need to figure out these people. Like today, it's like my last chance. Um, so I am actually all of those. Uh, I think, I think I have a pretty good head start on this year. Um, One tip for me that I'm giving to other people is I, uh, if you use Amazon, everybody probably has like a list or something, you know, you add things to the list or whatever, and you can share that with people. I have made a list for other people, like ideas for other people. And when throughout the year, when I see something that I'm like, Oh, that kind of reminds me of Chris, or I think, you know, Billy would like that or something like that. I just add it to that list. And then when I get to that point later in the year, when I'm like, Oh, I need to think of something for that person. I have this list of tons of ideas. Some of them are very specific to people, but others are like, Oh, that was just that cool thing I saw five months ago. And you know, does that seem like a viable option or is there something that maybe could be similar or maybe does it That's inspire a good, yeah. something else? I like that. Add yeah. things to add things to a list that you might like to give someone, <laughs> whether it's based on price or like something specific or just cool. Yeah.
0: Create, a, create that, a, yeah. A, an
1: ideas list.
0: That's a good idea. That's a good idea. I'm a bit of a mixed bag too. I don't, uh, I, I don't do the Black Friday thing, though I heard that that's a bit more subdued now this year than, uh, compared to past years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try not to go last minute because I get uh, nervous that either something I buy online is not going to get here in time or whatever. So this is like right now, like the very beginning of December is usually when I start striking uh, and, and, and getting to either stores or online or what have you. But I lean definitely heavier online And I always try to come up with a unique thing to get people as opposed to something that is filling up a shelf. Now with the kids, it's different because kids will tell you like, oh, I'm like Johnny's big on Ninja Turtles now. Like Mm -hmm. we, we play the, you know, Nintendo arcade game together and he's like getting into the characters and understanding who Shredder is and all that stuff. So now he wants turtles. Last year it was something else, you know. So, but when it comes to, shopping i try to get it done early especially I know, online so the shipping and all that i know that people want to get into
1: star wars but i have an opportunity to ask you another question that i have how are who who are you in your family are you the i don't know what i want i don't tell anybody anything um i'm hard to buy for or are you totally i'm pretty everybody knows you it, yeah i think Do i'm pretty you know easy what to, buy to ask for i have trouble with that
0: too I don't ask for things usually unless it's something that so you're I, I I for. Yeah, unless it's something <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, I really could use this or something. Mm-hmm. I usually don't ask for things. Yeah.
1: So d- doesn't that make you hard to buy for though? Because then people have to like figure you out instead of just, no, like, cause everyone knows like something.
0: I, everyone knows what I like. They know the sports teams I like. They know what I like to do around the house. You know, if, it's, if I need something for the house or they'll ask my wife if I need something for the house. Um, uh, they know, obviously, Star Wars and other movies. I'm obsessed with movies. They know, like, I, I'm very impassioned with things I love, so I think it's pretty easy to buy for me. Um, but, I mean, you'd have to ask them, I guess. But um, uh, we do have to talk Star Wars, because I'm sure there's people listening right now, that are like, oh, my God, these guys. Like, why, I no. just listened to you for Star Wars. I don't care about you. I don't care about your life. I just want to hear your <laughs> opinions about Star Wars so that I can absolutely annihilate Those you in the people comments. people x out. 30 seconds into the uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apple review. These two boneheads are talking about shopping for Christmas, and I'm just trying to hear about their thoughts on Dave Filoni. It's like, well, right, yeah. we we'll get there. Um, all right. It's time for us bozos to talk Star Wars. Before we do, uh, Lacey, uh, obviously taking some time off, had the baby. She's doing well, but uh, hit her up on social media at Lacey Gillerin. Let her know... Uh, your thoughts on uh, everything that's going on in Star Wars and all that good stuff. Cause uh, she still, believe it or not, gets some time to do stuff like firing off tweets and all that in the, in the chaos of having two children, let alone one being a newborn. It is a wild ride. Um, James, will the force is back and uh, back in a good way, back in a good way. Let's go. I fear nothing for all this as the force wills it. <laughs>
1: All right. It is time to guess whether something will or will not happen in the Star Wars universe. Uh, we do this uh, almost every week. We've been hitting Will of the Force a lot lately. Maybe it's time we switch it back up to one with the Force. We'll see what happens next week. Uh, but this week, we are here taking Will of the Force questions specifically from Patreon resistance officers. You are It's an all-Patreon episode. All patreon episode this week and we're going to get started uh one of our newest majors major marco sent us in the question via, marco. We, we post it we say hey do you got any will force questions he wrote in he said will dave Filoni's movie bridge some of the gap between post return of the jedi and the force Awakened? for example could thron could thron's return be connected to the formation of the first order uh, we saw Luke setting up his Jedi Academy in Mando, and I don't believe this is the last time we'll hear about cloning Gideon or Dark mag- uh, dark Magic from Elsbeth. So are there trails there that could be uh, followed? So the question here being, will Dave Filoni's movie bridge some of the gap between the post-Return of Jedi and The Force Awakens? I'm going to start on this way and say the answer is twofold yes and no. With any Star Wars especially taking place in this particular time period you are going to get the connection that ultimately says oh i see where we're logically here from return of the jedi i see how we got there and we're going to see stories of uh characters and things from that unfold even further and it's all a big setup for what we've seen in the movies later uh down the line but here's the thing that's really truly going to answer this. This is not the purpose of Dave Filoni's movie. Dave Filoni is telling his own story and it is not going to be the purpose of bridging this movie to that movie. It will tell its own story that is ultimately his to shape he, they've been building up these characters, these villains, and they will, uh, n- they may or may not do little things that set up, but this movie is not find out how the First Order came to be. It's mm-hmm. not like The Force Awakens is uh, now putting out a prequel trilogy or something like that. I feel very strongly that this movie um, will stand on its own as its own Star Wars uh, story hmm
0: yeah i mean i definitely lean on that where it's not going to feel like this is a supplemental piece to support those episodic films um i do agree inadvertently it will bridge a gap because it literally is taking place in that time so it has to have it's impossible to not connect it to some degree because we know some of these characters are very closely related to characters from that's uh the episodic films um and there's a chance our Digi-Luke Skywalker pops up in this movie for a few minutes or something. <laughs> Digimon? Uh, digital I do, monsters? <laughs> I do think that with his new role, there is a, uh, maybe an inherent pressure on him to make sure he is also setting up things that take place after this Mando-verse and including leapfrogging over the sequel trilogy with what happens post episode mm-hmm. nine, including the Ray movie and stuff uh, as the person who's now going to be involved in the inception of everything going forward. That's going to got to be on his mind when he's making that movie, which I assume will be the last of the three movies. Cause they still have so many seasons of TV to do before they put out that movie. So I think his movie is still three or four years away. Um, and by that time, who knows, he may get promoted again. You know, he got, he was, <laughs> he, he got promoted to a creative executive like two years ago. And Bob, now did he's, he's, save. Very, Bob did already say, Bob did just by looking be, at their people. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He may be, you know, whatever's above chief creative officer. He may be like creative emperor in, you know, 2027. 20, <laughs> <A> creative emperor. <laughs> so, you know, I do think he is telling his own story. I think it's very important for him personally to want to close out Ahsoka's story um, and, and uh, you know, the Rebels characters. You know, I'm not saying they're going to be done by any means. But, of course, also in working with John Favreau, he's going to have to honor him in making sure the Mando has a good ending too, which I assume will also be in that movie. So it's not just Filoni. Like there, there, there's a lot of to honor with Favreau here and Filoni wouldn't be where he is without Favreau. Um, so I think it's mixed. I agree, James. I think it does lean more heavily upon him completing this story. But I also think now that he has that new role and it is few, a few years away, there will be elements of him that inherently have to say, I got to make sure that this services blank, you know, after or what have you. So they'll be a part of it. I th- I think it just has to be based on his responsibilities now.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And that's a good point that um, <clears throat> as he takes over a higher position where he's starting to see over or oversee a lot of multiple projects, they all sort of become his projects. And just the way that he's obviously connected Ahsoka with Rebels and Rebels with Clone Wars, and you know what I mean? I think he does ultimately kind of look at um, how all of these pieces can can coincide and be part of one thing. But I I still stand by, I think, like, Bad Batch is, is its own thing. It's not just, like, yeah, I agree. pre-medicated, like, oh, well, we have to do more Clone Wars, <laughs> and it's only connected to Clone Wars. I think you can watch Bad Batch and it be its own thing. It's not just there to fill a gap, you know, between mm-hmm. this thing and that other thing. It's it They really uh, said, we created these characters. We want them to live um uh their own story and their own thing. And that's why we think they're important to tell this story. Um, moving on to the next one though, and you're gonna get first crack at this, so listen to Listen to this one uh, from Commander Stephen Bowman. Stephen sent us in the question, will John Williams contribute in any way to the scores for the upcoming Star Wars theatrical films? Even if it's just a theme, it seems hard to imagine that they'd only, or they'd not ask him to uh, do it while he's still alive and active. John, John Williams, what do you think?
0: Uh, I don't. I I believe John Williams when he said what he said. Um, I also think... You know, he's still active, but even with like the Hollywood Bowl, I think he like comes out for, you know, a certain period of time or what have you, and it's close to his home. I don't think he's at the stage at 91, 92 years old where he wants to just dip his toe back in for the next era of Star Wars movies. I think he really did feel this sense of completion by finishing with Episode Nine. He really loved making the theme for Daisy Ridley. That meant a lot to him. Um, and doing the Kenobi thing, I think, was just sort of this one-off where he said like, hey, if you guys need me, I can do this. Uh, he'd be working with Favreau right in LA. That, that probably wasn't that big of a problem. But when it comes to now, these new movies and stuff, I think, you know, you I don't know John Williams, but in every interview I see with him, he seems like a very humble guy. I don't think he would want to create something for the next era of Star Wars movies and overshadow whoever this next composer or composers are going to be. Um, With Solo, it made sense because he had written for Han Solo for a very long time. Um, They'll have the Ray theme in there. All his themes he made for the sequel trilogy that will apply to these movies will still be there and Mm -hmm. arranged with the new composers uh, as they do all the time. Uh, but when it comes to creating new stuff for a new era in movies, I, I don't see that happening. I, I don't think so. What do you think?
1: Yeah, John Williams contributing in any way to the scores of the upcoming theatrical films. I I say you're right, you're dead on, and that he's not going to do it. And I think where Stephen is asking this question, where it's coming from, is the fact that you know, solo did have this theme that was developed and it was just a theme and there's that. And then we had like galaxy's edge. Okay. Well, he just came in and he, you know, gave us this one thing and, and it's always sort of been now galaxy's edge theme whenever they're doing like uh marketing of any sort. But here's the thing that, um, that I think maybe we're forgetting is there's rogue one um, Rogue One, did stand on its own. It was very successful and they brought in another composer who did an excellent job with the movie and the movie completely stood free of John Williams. And that was their goal right from the beginning. Yes, The Force Awakens, right? Obviously, John's involved. Not completely got free of
0: John Williams, if we're being fair, because they did use some of his themes you know, in that movie. But.
1: but that's exactly what the question is, is do you think John Williams is going to do it? No, they're going to do what they did with Rogue One. Yeah, that yeah. was the plan all along is they, they were going to bring in a composer uh, and let them tell, do their own thing with the music. Maybe to some degree, obviously imitate John Williams and will obviously have some of his themes in there, but that was the plan going forward. And I think that is what we need to keep in mind when we move into um, these other things. And, and that also said like, mandalorian as well you know i know that's television but at the same time they didn't have john do these shows they, they reached out to other people to do those things so yeah i think that's the answer to the question is that john williams is probably officially done with star wars given episode nine and he said hey buddy i did one through nine and you
0: guys can have it from here on out and if they go big with like this next star Wars movie and we, we keep thinking it's the Ray movie. It might not be, but for the sake of everything we think is accurate, it will be um, if they go big with it and do like, again, another behind the scenes, like documentary and stuff like we saw, you know, like Neil Scanlon uh, with creatures or uh, Matthew wood with sound design, referring to the OGs like, Oh, you know, Ben Burt did this. So we're trying to emulate how he did that. And Neil Scanlon and the puppet team talking about how they use the original mold and design from Stuart Freeborn from Empire Strikes Back. And there is that um, true honoring and making sure they do things right in terms of the people who set the set the tone and did this first. I think mm-hmm. this, we'll get that same thing when we get that new Star Wars movie world. There'll be a composer talking about. You know, in Return of the Jedi, John Williams liked to do this thing here. You know, I wanted to put that here for this character because it felt like this. We're going to get that sort of reflection. So we'll get um, an honoring of John Williams in addition to his pre-existing themes. But I think we're both on the same page that uh, in terms of creating a new composition for Star Wars, I, it, it, I don't know. I, I guess we just don't think that's going to happen
1: my thing is like also too, just to, to throw it in really quickly he already did like take solo for example he created a theme for solo so what's the thing what's the thing you mentioned earlier what's the theme for ray the theme for star wars <laughs> we already have them right. they already exist we don't need him yeah. to come in and set the tone and then let somebody else fill it fill yeah, it in and a, use the theme when
0: we need to to carry through the movie there's gonna be We a, already
1: have it you know
0: there's gonna be a brand new composer for whatever the Ray movie is called, but we know for a fact because Kathleen Kennedy said it that movie is starting with the opening crawl and John Williams' main Star Wars theme. So is right that out of the, the title, gate, by the way, huh? Is that the title? Episode ten, whatever the Ray movie is called, it's a, a new beginning. I think is the title.
1: <laughs> a new beginning. We have it. We already figured it out.
0: <laughs> Man, that part A and B. Dawn. No, it's gonna um, be called. It's gonna be called Dawn of the New force versus batman
1: <laughs> versus batman i uh, you know people make fun of dawn all the time but to be honest uh i could see uh i couldn't see it but i could see like it being called dawn of
0: the jedi or something like that there's there still people who i think are very well-known star wars fans or even podcasters who think the title of the new ray movie is like new jedi order it's like There's no chance that movie's gonna be called New Jedi Order. Like, (laughs) I I, I I hope hope I'm trying to say (laughs) NJO. Yeah, yeah, we're at Celebration 2025 in Japan, and you get this clip of me saying this, and then they do the trailer, and the Star Wars separates on the screen, and then it comes up New Jedi Order. I'm gonna be like, ah! What if the movie is called, John, Ray Skywalker, a Star Wars story? I mean, that's really clever.
1: it's possible man <laughs> yeah
0: do you think they'll ever do that thing where like they were trying to do that anthology thing and they're gonna have all these movies called blank a star wars story mm-hmm. Do you think they'll do that thing where they just get rid of the a star wars story stuff for like solo and rogue one because nobody calls it rogue one a star wars story it's just rogue you're One. you're
1: saying like will they will they at some point in the release kind of re-release the film like a, a, 4k, whatever, you know, and, but it, it just has have a it different called star title, Wars Just
0: says star Wars, rogue one, get rid of the star Wars story crap. It didn't work. Like,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I kind of don't think so, but I, I think that, uh, it's not unheard of. There is, there is precedent for studios, like
0: sort of changing the titles between release and blu-ray re- release. Even with the older movies, like when the prequels came out, it was heavily, this is episode one, The Phantom Menace. Now it's just called Star Wars, The Phantom Menace. I I don't think they use the episodic numbers in the marketing as much anymore. They've changed that too. So interesting. Like Star Wars, it was Star Wars, The Force Awakens. It wasn't Star Wars, Episode seven, The Force Awakens. Right. But if you go to like, if you go to
1: like IMDb, like what
0: is it called? Like, is it called? I think it's called Star Wars, The Force Awakens.
1: Star but, Wars. The anyway. Oh, it's you know what's interesting the, though? It, it's Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope.
0: Yeah, nope, IMDb, Star Wars
1: Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it has that, but then in official marketing, it's just Star Wars: Colon The Force Awakens.
1: No, I know, um, but 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 what I'm saying is they haven't they haven't went to IMDb and said. Um, this the title of this movie is actually incorrect. Oh, they, this they is the title are.
0: of the movie, or something. I don't even. Like I don't even go to IMDb that much anymore. I actually use Wikipedia now for like my movie info. Really? Yeah. Oh my god, IMDb is a slow loading website. I'm tired of it. Oh, um, why well, use the app? Oh, that's even worse. I can't really How do is that
1: work. worse? Because I, I look better. at the I
0: look at the. I look at the the deep cut stuff, and I can't be trying to zoom in on that on a phone
1: zoom here. in on a phone i'm that's using right. the app john you're zooming in you're going what? to wikipedia.com
0: no on, <laughs> on desktop org. on desktop i'm not using apps on my i'm not looking up movie trivia on my phone i'm i'm, I'm on my mac that's what i'm doing oh man i'm 99 percent
1: imdb app
0: oh Just IMDb go right is atrocious here. um
1: all right let's let's move along all right move along Move along. All right. Patreon <clears throat> submission. This one's coming from commander Chris, uh, Vandemail. Um, we all know Chris, he sent us the question, will the new star Wars movie suffer from lower attendance because of the mediocre star Wars shows on Disney? Spice. Ooh, shots fired. Um, that we see happening right now with the Marvel movies. So to clarify that question a little bit, um, Marvel is sort of going through an issue uh, where because they're putting out the shows and people are watching the shows and then they're like, eh, these aren't really that great. They kind of, or at least a theory is, that they're not then attending the movies because none of this stuff is really hitting as strong as it was. Chris here is asking, do we think that there's a chance that because the Disney Plus shows maybe aren't as successful as we'd like them to be, does that dictate what we're going to see in the theater? John, what do you think?
0: I don't think so. I, I think... Fans who are watching the Disney Plus shows are mostly probably diehard fans. Um, Like my brother, I would consider him a Star Wars fan. He hasn't watched Ahsoka though. You know, like I think he watched Obi-Wan, Mando, Boba Fett. I don't think he's watched Andor or Ahsoka yet because those are not as close to the saga. Um, And I, so I don't think the general audience is going to prejudge a Star Wars theatrical film based on what they're hearing about the quality or budget or whatever of these shows. So I, I don't think this will impact it. I think we may get a lower attendance than we are accustomed to from Star Wars movies, and people will create a narrative based on that, that it's solely based on the quality of those films. When we know that... Uh, when we talked we talked about this on on Thursday there was a bubble where all these Bob Iger talked about, all these movies were making a billion dollars. And even the ones who scratched past the billion dollars, like the rise of Skywalker, people were like, Ooh, that saga film just made a billion. And now it's like, Holy cow. That's a lot of money. So it's all about perspective. I, it would not shock me if the next star Wars movie with Ray tops out at 700 million or something like that, which is still good. It doesn't have to be avatar two. Uh, I, would, I'm, I would love to see it do better because, you know, people say like, oh, we obsess as fans too much about box office. It's like, well, we do that because we know that Bob Iger is not going to keep making a certain direction of these movies if they're not making money. That's why fans worry about box office. I don't care how much money Disney's making tech from a technical standpoint. I care because it's an indicator of what's to come. We, we For five years now, we're hoping for Solo 2 because it didn't do as well. If it did really well, we would be talking about Solo 3's coming out soon or something like that. So uh, we care about it for that reason. I think fans should expect these movies to not make a billion, and if they do, great. But don't go in to this next Ray movie... And start trying to compare it to the Force Awakens or, or right. you know, anything like that from a, a, the world has changed. And also the Force Awakens was one of those just magical special moments on this return to Star Wars and return to form, quote unquote, all that stuff. So I think there might be a dip in attendance from what we're used to with Star Wars movies, but I don't think it's because of the Disney Plus shows.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree. Um although uh, uh, with you, I will have to say though that I think this actually is sort of happening to me with Marvel. Um, uh, interesting. And I'm not sure where um where that lines up for other people who are like, Nah, man, I'm still watching all the Marvel stuff, but I'll tell you what, this is happening to me with Star Wars, you know." I don't I that it seems likely. It's a good question, Chris. Um it is. Yeah. My, my thing about this, um, is it, it makes me wonder, I think this, this is the formula that Hollywood wishes they could find. And it's the, how do we make movies that people want to go see that are based around the property that we have and not just about the one story that we told. Um, and I don't think we've, we can figure it out. It's like you can make great Harry Potter movies, but as soon as you tell something, another story in the wizarding world, that's, you know, you put all the budget into it and you bring in all the actors and you do everything right. If for some reason, audiences just still, not, I'm not saying those movies are great. I'm just saying I, I think that what Hollywood wants to figure out is how do we pick up the pieces and make a different Hunger Games franchise you know how do we make a different lord of the rings franchise how do we get people in star wars away from the main saga that's happened and just get them to go because they like star wars you know and i think that star wars is doing a a a decent job at that but every time we look at the numbers it's that same thing it's like which one performed better ahsoka or boba fett Everybody knows Boba Fett because he's in the, the movies, you know, and it's yeah. like it's almost hard to compare because we're fans are always going to have that thing. Like they're like, do I need to see this one or not? And then the, the creators are always stuck riding that path. And this is sort of leading into our discussion of like, Certainly. how do we connect it to the, the old while still trying to convince them that this is worth checking out, even though it's new? So that, yeah. that's my answer before we get into the actual discussion. And I think I think unless you have anything to add, I think now's the time. Just go ahead and end up, wrap up the Will of the Force bag, tie it in a knot, set it to the side.
0: Cue what happens next week. Cue the greatest cinematic villain of all time. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. All right. We talk about nostalgia a lot on this podcast because Star Wars is soaked in it, Uh, whether it's a little bit or a lot, or it's uh, a callback to a quote that Dave Filoni likes to do in Clone Wars. Um, It's an important part of all long-term generational franchise stuff. Nostalgia is very important. And it is not a bad thing. I know people hear the word nostalgia and they think sometimes it comes with a negative feeling. I think nostalgia is good. Nostalgia makes me feel good. I like thinking about things when maybe they were simpler. And oftentimes when we look back on things, we think of them more fondly than uh, maybe how they were. Um, Because I think we like to remember the good. That's Mm -hmm. all rooted in why nostalgia works. Um, You know, when you think about... I don't know. I'm just talking to a... Never ending story. Flawless movie. No problems (laughs) with it at all. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So I'm thinking about like someone who got let go from their job when the Phantom Menace came out and they were really bummed out. It was a really tough time for them. But the Phantom Menace came out and they really liked it. They probably aren't remembering that job or that they lost that job. They're thinking about the Phantom Menace. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we focus on that good feeling. And I think that is a very important thing. Now, this next Star Wars movie, seemingly, you know, the Daisy Ridley-led Ray movie, we don't know for sure, but it seems to be that way. It will usher in the next era uh, or, or generation of Star Wars movies. Now that the episodic saga will end, I don't. I still don't like calling it the Skywalker saga. I feel like it's a very new it's thing. the
1: Palpatine saga.
0: It's a Palpatine saga. It
1: it makes so much more sense than Skywalker saga. Let Skywalkers live on. You obviously are.
0: What a hot take. Let's clip that out. Uh, (laughs) There is no doubt, though, that uh, Bob Iger and the like are concerned about the decline in box office returns since 2019. We talked about that just before. We talked about that on Thursday. We know Star Wars will need to rely somewhat on nostalgia to bring in the wide net of general Star Wars fans. So if you're listening to this podcast, that's probably not you. Uh, Maybe it's you and you're like, I got to start listening to Star Wars podcast because I want to become one of those crazy diehard fans. But it's your relative or your coworker who likes Star Wars, but you don't get too deep on the references with them because they don't get it. That person, the person Disney relies on to really make money. So they need to rely on things that those people are familiar with. But... I think they also desperately need to introduce some newness to the saga as well. So where's that balance? And we can talk about, you know, going in the past with the Mangold movie, that probably will have a lot of newness to it. But if we're looking at the next movie and kicking off that new era, if it indeed, indeed is that Ray movie. I think the best way they can really do that is bring back all the familiar faces and names and characters uh, the creatures, you know, get Babu Frick in there somewhere, get BB-8 in there, get the OG droids, R2 and C-3PO, maybe even more up to the forefront than they were in the sequel trilogy now that we don't have the ability to rely on the human legacy characters, Han, Luke, and Leia. Um, now it is more pressure on the new human characters like Rey, maybe Finn, who knows, maybe Poe, Uh, A new good villain, I think, is where we're going to get the newness. Uh, How they deliver a new villain for Ray in that movie, I think is going to dictate how good this next series of movies is. If they deliver us a great new, fresh feeling villain that brings us concern for these characters that we're all bringing back that we love, then you got us hooked, I think. So you can get your newness there. And you could thwart all these characters that we loved, including the ones we've only known for a few years that are now feeling familiar and have their own recent nostalgia, thwart them into a a, a new situation. So you have the the same personalities. You see C-3PO and R2-D2 on screen with the Falcon and you're like, this feels like home, but they're going where and what's happening? That's where you get your newness. So I think from my vantage point, and thinking about what Bob Iger said recently about this quantity over quality and making sure it's good and making sure we're focusing on doing everything we can to bring people back to theaters. They're going to push all the nostalgia buttons. They're not going to not have the Falcon in that movie. They're not going to not have those droids or Chewbacca. They're all going to be there, all going to be there. But I think where the newness is going to come in is a new villain that isn't like we've seen before, but is formidable enough for us to be like, holy cow, the stakes are high. I don't know if this person's going to make it out of this movie that we love. And then also new environments and a twist on things that doesn't just feel like rebels versus the new, next empire. And that's not to take a shot at the sequel trilogy because history does repeat itself in that way with wars. You know, the Germans came back for World War II. It does happen. Dictatorships sort of creep back in and as, as, as democracies fall. Uh, and even Dave Filoni said he wanted to make sure his movie doesn't feel like a classic just good versus bad, rebels versus empire thing. Yeah. So I think they're cognizant of that. I am just so curious what they're going to do with the villain because I th- really do think how much uh, general audiences receive and, and go see this movie is how powerful this new uh, adversary is going to be. Because we sort of know who all the good guy players are going to be. albeit a few new characters they will certainly introduce to us. We don't really know who the villain is going to be in that Ray movie. So that's going to be the one thing that's going to answer that question. So I think that's where we're going to get our balance between nostalgia and newness. But I, I, I put a lot out there, James. So I want to see where you're at. Do you, do you align with that at all or do you have a completely different vantage point?
1: Well, I, I'm, I think I'm approaching the discussion a little bit differently, but it's the same. It really is the same talk. And I think you got a little taste of it in the, the question that I did before is I'm, you are being, as you probably should, this is the star Wars topic. (laughs) You are approaching this as how is star Wars going to balance newness and nostalgia. And I'm, I see that and I see this discussion and I think, okay, let's look at Star Wars, but let's take a step back first and look at how does Hollywood do that? How does major franchises handle this type of thing? And when I actually look at that, you know, that example of like um, you know, like The Hobbit versus Lord of the Rings or like uh, Fantastic Beast versus Harry Potter. Um, There's a new Hunger Games movie in in theaters right now. You know what I mean? How does that compare to um, like the Hunger Games and Catching Fire, you know, in those those movies? Um, And I think that's a question that Hollywood is actually always trying to 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 tackle again. They go, hey, can we have a whole other franchise strictly just based on the name alone? I think years ago it was even do we think we could we could manage to scrounge together a story to do a sequel just based on the success of the first one. And then we we like would Jaws two possibly be as successful as let's try it, you know? And it literally was just like, what can we put together to, to go off the name branding? And it was movie to movie now in the billion dollar movie era, it's franchise to franchise. We had a big franchise. How can we do it again? What's the sequel to that franchise? When I look at the options, unless people can put in the comments or let us know on social, or maybe you've got something right off the top of your head. As much as we argue about Star Wars, I actually think they might be leading the way. I think that Star Wars having stepped off of these three successful movies and still managed to put out one, two and three. And still manage to put out seven, eight, and nine, and still manage to put out shows that are successful. Like you look at The Walking Dead, big show. Fear of the Walking Dead, not as big of a show. Big show, not as big of a show. Didn't catch those numbers that it's comparing to are numbers that, like, The Mandalorian are, are putting out. And it's like, so Star Wars is in their sequel, spin off, whatever thing, they are actually able to say, hey, but it's Star Wars and you like Star Wars. Come watch it because it's Star Wars and still managing to do a pretty good job at making you feel like you recognize that property while also getting you invested in the next thing that they're doing. Now... We're all—I mean—they've successfully done the Mandalorian to the degree of when we're watching season two, three, and we're getting ready to go into Dave Filoni's movie, and we're watching Ahsoka. We now think of the Mandalorian as a classic Star Wars character. Almost, he's yeah, almost like right. him, and, and Grogu have almost reached the pinnacle of like, hey, when you think of Star Wars, and you, or you go to Celebration, and you see the banner. Yeah, they're gonna put Mandalorian and Grogu like up on that list right next to Luke Skywalker and Qui Gon Jinn. You know. It's like, I think Star Wars, actually, if you're looking at, they had a strong run in the late 70s, early 80s with these three movies. Then they sat on it for like 20 years of nothing, you know? 20, 30 years, you know, it's like roughly in that area. And
0: well, then no, they managed I mean, Prequels what? were... That's what I'm saying. 15 years after, yeah. 16 yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess eighty three yeah. to ninety nine. Yeah, I
1: I am looking at seventy seven to like you know like two thousand five. You know what I mean? Oh, I like, was oh, I was go by the last. I, the I one. know you are right. Like the the last one to the first one of the next. Yeah. I mean that that's fair. But I mean, I was just looking like seventies to the two thousands. You know, yeah, you I, could I, say thirty year span.
0: I I sort of agree with what you are saying, but I also feel like Star Wars still ten years later after George Lucas sold it. They really have not stretched the wings that far. Everything that's come out is connected to the saga um, so far in a a one degree step. uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. What show or movie has come out that you can't in one step connect to the saga? I,
1: I don't disagree, but also like look at uh, like all the other examples that I've come out, like with the hunger games thing, it has snow I, in it. You know I, what I mean? Know. It's got the Hobbit. It leads into, so you're, I think you're always going to have that. They're never going to take a risk completely to be like, this literally has nothing to do with any of the other one. I think they're always going to try to connect it in some subtle way, but at some point you watch a show like rebels and you go, well, it's fair. It's connected to the saga, but then you watch another show that, that like Ahsoka that's, I guess you could say it's connected to the saga, but it's actually more connected to Rebels, you know, which is then connected to the saga.
0: Like yeah. It, and there were a ton of cameos in Rebels uh, that probably weren't necessary. They were clearly done to get people to watch. Like, oh, absolutely. Like I didn't, yeah, I didn't didn't Maka, Lando. Lando. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Princess Leia. Um, yeah. All of them, except Luke, I think, and Han, because Obi-Wan's yeah. in it. <laughs> uh, Yoda's in it. Uh, R2, isn't he, he shows up, doesn't he? I know C3PO Possibly. does, so I assume R2 did. Yeah, but anyway, you get my point. I'm having a hard time remembering. But
1: yeah, regardless, yeah. Like I said, um, I, I, I think you can get to a point where it's sort of like you can step off of the last step you took <laughs> off of and you can get further away. But so far, Disney, I mean, 10 years in, I get it. But 10 years in, I th- I still think we're doing a good job at growing off of that timeline and presenting new characters that we're excited about because whenever spinoffs happen of The Mandalorian, like Ahsoka, for instance, people are watching it because it's related to... Although, I guess Ahsoka's sort of related to Darth Vader and stuff, too. It was definitely in the advertising.
0: Like, you can still take C-3PO and R2-D2 and Chewie and even the Falcon and make them feel fresh because we're now experiencing them 15 years after the only real human relationships we saw them have when we know for a fact that you know, between the periods of prequels and original trilogy, you know, they were with Captain Antilles and they probably thought one way or another about them as their like masters and stuff. We didn't really see that. We only really saw like 3PO and R2B Luke's droids in a sense, aside from, uh, or Anakin's, you know, it's very Mm -hmm. close to the family of the Skywalkers. Now we get to see them after 15 years later. I don't want to, I don't want it to feel like it's the first time they're meeting some of these people. I want there to be just like we when we first saw Star Wars. When people first saw Star Wars, they're like, this just exists and we're being thrust into the middle of it. This isn't like the Falcon doesn't start off as the shiny vehicle in A New Hope and then get banged up. It's like that thing's been through hell. We don't know why. We don't know how. All this stuff. Now you can do that with your characters that you love where we meet, you know, 3PO and r 2 well, now, you know, 15 years after Luke and Leia have passed and now they have new relationships with other humans and we're seeing them in a different light, which adds this realness to those characters that we really haven't gotten to see a lot. So I think you can even take all these characters that people may be like, they're really bringing back Chewie again and they And yeah, yeah, you can. Because this guy lives to 400 years old. He knew people before Han Solo. I hate to break it to people. So he's going to know people after Han Solo. That's the tragedy of life. It's just like when you and I are dog owners, it sucks that they can't live as long as we do. It's just how Mm -hmm. life is. It's the reverse in Star Wars, though, where the dogs live way longer than the humans. So now we'll get to see Chewie either have a stronger relationship with Poe, or maybe someone completely new who's Ray met along the way in the last 15 years. I love that they've launched it 15 years because they can give us something without it just being, here, we're back in Star Wars and we're all meeting all these new characters at the same yeah. time. No. The next can...
1: day after Leia died. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? like, yeah. uh...
0: Or even if it is 15 years later and they're like, and now Ray's just going to start meeting all these people now. It's like, no, we can have her like f- married. We can have a lot of things that are just feel new, but it, to them, it's their life. And I like the prospect of that. So bring back everybody. Give me the, give me an X wing, give me a, a Falcon, but also give me like these new ships that make sense for this time in the galaxy. The way the N one was elegant for Naboo uh, and the way the X wings had to be these like makeshift hot rods. Cause the rebellion had no money. What makes sense for the ship that takes place 15 years after episode nine? And that's where like Doug Chang gets the get, get put his hands together and start licking his lips like, oh, I get the design. What ship makes sense for the good guys now? That's where you're going to get your newness. But at the same time, R2 might be in the back of it. You know, mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that they can blend to m- make it feel the familiar Star Wars that will bring the general audiences in while at the same time feeling like, this still this feels new, even though I know all these people and that will make us the diehards happy, at least from my vantage point. So, OK, so
1: again, I'm going to say that when I'm generally talking about this topic, I'm looking at it as how is Star Wars doing it or, or how they could. Well, that's what I mean, good. I know I think your your approach a little bit, which is fine, totally good. And I'm glad we're getting that perspective is a little bit like this is how you would do it. If you were given the reins, you're like, I think they need to go this route by bringing in these characters and do things. So if I was in charge of making the movies, this is how I would handle C3PO. This is how I would handle Chewbacca. I, and to, to bounce off of that, because I know that that's sort of the angle you're coming at. I have always said for a long time that I think there's an 80-20 rule. Now, I may be wrong on that number exactly, but to me, I've always felt that you have to, if you want something to be successful that's built off of something else, you have to give them 80% new, which is going to fund the rest of your franchise, fund your story and build on that for future movies after that thing, you know? And But you still have to have 20% of your movie that is relating to the last thing that you just saw. And it has to be connected to at least that degree. You can't just go completely new and you can't go like – 60% nostalgia and connection and not have enough meat on the bones to carry your story through. We still need to make Ray and Finn and Poe and Ben, Kylo, great characters. And we need 80% of the movie to do that. We need 20% of the movie to fill in that fan tick that makes Star Wars feel familiar. And I think what you're describing, some good examples of that, this is why The Force Awakens I think was successful because what it did is it took the the nostalgia that we have and all of the history that we have of certain things about the previous movies and then it spun it on its head and gave it a new angle which is you're you're saying do it with the droids Force Awakens did it with the Millennium Falcon. They said I'm saying that do it with thing, well they did it with a lot yeah but I'm saying in this specific example here um what about that thing? No, that thing's a pile of junk. We don't want to fly that thing. And then they blow up the other ship and they go, the pile of junk will do, you know, the piece of junk. So they pan the camera over and the audience is immediately hit with all of these feelings about people and calling- And the music from A New Hope, yep. The, the Millennium Falcon, a piece of junk and all that. They throw in that that music, but at the same time, I wouldn't say that The Force Awakens was majorly the other movie. I would say it probably has about 20% musical themes and things, but most of the movie, 80% of the movie, was probably new themes, Force Awakens, First Order, uh, uh, Luke Skywalker, Ray theme, stuff like that. All new stuff. But we got those hits about 20%, and that's a good perspective. The problem then was when they went into The Last Jedi and they were trying to stem off of The Force Awakens, All of the percentages, in my opinion, got a little bit mixed up. They went too far, new, not pulling enough from the other story. Um, And in my opinion, I think even that one probably has less Star Wars themes than The Force Awakens did. It just felt a little too um, disconnected and didn't feel enough like Star Wars. And I think that's because it was missing the fun of that 20% that we were longing for and that we got with Force Awakens.
0: Oh, yeah. TLJ is not a, I don't think even that it's hardest of fans. I don't think anyone would ever define that movie as fun.
1: That That's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I'm, I think, and I think, but when you look at Star Wars, I I guess people would say they probably wouldn't categorize like The Empire Strikes Back as fun or anything like that. Oh, Empire Strikes Back is very fun. Well, all right. Well, there you go. Well, then I think what, what I'm getting at is I think like the, when people hit have that nostalgia thing that you were describing earlier, where they look back at something, they like Star Wars not because it's a heavy dramatic series, you know what I mean? They like it because it's it's fun and it's exciting and stuff like that. I don't I don't think that Last Jedi wasn't that. That's not my opinion. But what I'm saying is I think the balance was off and they needed about 20% of things that were like really cemented you in the fact that this is Star Wars. I know it is Star Wars because it's Star Wars to me, but it's not necessarily Star Wars to everyone.
0: Yeah, and there's definitely ways that, you know, we talked about. That's the good balance
1: news. between newness and nostalgia that mm-hmm. needs to get corrected sometimes.
0: Well, we talked about good you new know, good fan service bad fan service we've had discussions on that before same with nostalgia and there is a line like i i'm just gonna go out and say it i will be disappointed I think the, you won't the be mad you'll just be disappointed uh, it's the safest word choice right now i don't want to be like i don't want to use too aggressive of words i'll definitely be disappointed if we roll into that movie and the space battle has a bunch of TIE fighters, but like they have a red wing on it or, or like X wings, but it's like, Oh, but now these are the X one hundreds. And the yeah, T 95. Oh yeah, I, exactly. So I think like there's Is certain a real things where we're going to be, gonna be like, guys, on. come on. Like, like the, it's like every time I see Hasbro put out another clone trooper, I'm like, are we, we just, are they just laughing now? I, like when they like put these out, I'm like every it seems like every fricking three months there's a new clone toy. I'm like, what is going on? So when, when it comes to the movies, like there will certainly be things that will make me groan because now the N one and other and other ships that were introduced in the prequels have a their own nostalgia to them, and they need to establish that now for the kids now to look back on in 20 years on whatever new ship or new fighters or whatever they're going to create to be like, that was my, Oh man. I remember when that movie came out when I was a kid, I had that toy instead of it being like, no, we're going to stick with the X wings. We're going to stick with the tie fighters. Like there's certain things that they just can't do anymore. And I'm not saying don't have uh, an X wing here or there, but to fleet these things and then just say like, here's the newer editions. that in the sequel trilogy, I was like, oh, they're really just doing f- f- TIE fighters again, but they're just like, they have a red stripe on them. And uh, I'm sure in a reference book, they'll explain why they're so much better and different. Nobody cares about that in terms of like the general audiences, they see a TIE fighter and they hear the TIE fighter and I get why they did it. Cause they're awesome. But the so, saga done. If we really are starting with a new era, Let's get some new fighter ships out there. Let's get some new ships. We can still have the Falcon and stuff, of course. The Falcon goes nowhere. The Falcon ends when Star Wars ends, for me. But let's get some new ships and that sort of thing. And I really do think, James, the success of that new movie, whether it's one movie or two or three, or whatever happens with Daisy Ridley and Ray, is on the villain. New villain. We know who the good guys are. We know who's coming back. Uh, We're not positive on, you know, uh, John Boyega and Oscar Isaac. But we know, I'll be shocked if the familiar other non-human faces that aren't in this in this movie. I even think Grogu will be in this, like an older Grogu, um, just coming into like full-grown adult Grogu. But we don't know anything about the whoever the adversary is going to be. So I really think the success of selling this as a new thing in Star Wars that still feels like Star Wars is going to be on what they do with the villain. And I'm just very curious because maybe that's the thing that Daisy Ridley said was unexpected. Um, I hear a lot of fans like tapping into the EU because Filoni has thrown in the mix and all that. I don't think we're going to get like a Yuzong Vong thing. They're not kicking off a brand new era in Star Wars filmmaking by Taking something that already existed in a book that was written 30 years ago, I I'm, I don't say that to take a shot at the EU. I just think that would be a bad look from a creative perspective, especially with these new people in charge. Carrie Beck, uh, Dave Filoni, to say like, so you two are in charge now of these stories moving forward and kicking off these new eras, and you couldn't come up with a new villain, so. I think whatever villain's going to happen is going to be new and I do think the success of that trilogy is going to hinge upon that because look at Darth Vader, look at the Emperor, look at Kylo Ren. A lot of people will say those were some of the best parts of those movies as those villains. We've been saying Star Wars has a villain problem for a while. What better way to vanquish that problem than your next era of Star Wars movies <laughs> having this new, different, awesome villain? And whatever, it, whoever follows that villain. I
1: mean, dude, don't get me wrong. I think the villain thing is important. I, I'm I'm going to tap into what we've already discussed when we're talking about the Harry Potter stuff. The, fa- You know, you got Voldemort, great villain, you know, classic, always going down. But then you look at Fantastic Beasts and it's like they had their villain. They had like the Johnny Depp character. And it's like, I just kind of don't, remember much about him, you know? Exactly. It didn't really play out. And it's like The Hobbit, for instance, I mean, they sort of had some characters that they sort of positioned as like a villain, but ultimately that story was more about like people just sort of regaining the, their land and stuff. It re, it wasn't, there wasn't like a villain that was leading the charge that they were trying to defeat. So it doesn't have like a very, it doesn't have a Sauron, you know what I
0: mean? Like the Lord of the Rings did. No, um, you need something so imposing that there's a payoff when the
1: good guys and, win, and even even Marvel, like they they did a really good job building up Thanos over the long run. Yeah, they had a couple like obviously they're little villains here and there. Those movies had good and bad villains, you know what I mean? That's fine. My point, though, is that what we're talking about, we're discussing franchises here. And and Thanos, great villain. They did a really good job with the character. They led up to him. He had a point. A lot of people even agreed with the villain. And, and you know, if that's your marking for a good villain, right? Now, they're sort of returning to the we don't have a great villain to follow up Thanos. Well, um, they're also in trouble. The, I know they're trying to figure it out, but even even from the stuff that we've seen, I'm not entirely bought in on this guy being a bigger threat or maybe just a different threat. I think he is a threat, but I'm not like take the political or or the, you know, the real life stuff that's happening outside of that. Um and just look at the characters alone. They they are sort of having trouble following up. Um when I go back to Star Wars, I look at the villains they have done. I don't actually, you you might have a problem with this. I'm sort of on the fence about Kylo Ren. I sort of don't see him as a villain. I think what Star Wars did is they gave us Snoke and people were all about it. People loved Snoke up until The Last Jedi and they killed him off. And then people were like, well, what, what was the whole point of that? And they sort of lost interest in Snoke. But I think, all of this lead up and like interest in that character, who is he, who, uh, you know, why, why does he command the first order? We want to know more about him. I think they actually did a really good job at creating a new villain that was about to rival Palpatine and they could have kept going that way. Had Ryan Johnson's story built him up, had JJ finished off that story or whoever, you know, finish off that story with even more. I think they, they built on Snoke better than any of these other I think Snoke did a better job at being a villain than any of these other franchises have handled their subsequent franchises, if that kind of makes sense. Then on top of it, yeah, they brought in Palpatine again, so they kind of played it safe. But I do think you're right that one of the key factors of is the new series going to be well, is going to be received well, is how excited we are about a new villain. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, it's, yeah. But I'm, because- I, I want to I be clear that what I'm saying here is that I still think Star Wars is actually leading the way on how to continue your franchise after your main franchises more
0: than anybody else. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I'm not sitting here saying I don't think they're doing a good job. I think
1: I know you're not. I'm saying other people are, I think. And I want it to be clear and and maybe make people realize that Star Wars is actually probably doing it about as best you can, given the real life circumstances of some people just check out. They watch the first three movies or the first four or whatever, and then they're just like, I don't want to see Fast and Furious 10. I don't yeah. care anymore, you know. And it's like, how could Fast and Furious spin off? They tried it; it didn't really work, you know. It's like that's that's where we're at
0: in this, in a weird sense. That's and I where think we're Star Wars because, is doing a
1: good job. That's what
0: I'm saying. Because the Fast franchise still has their Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. It's the same people. It's Vin Diesel. It's all those pe- those same people. I know Paul Walker passed away, but for the most part, it's the same crew. Star Wars are now, checking out on those characters. Right, but now Star Wars cannot hinge upon Mark Hamill's back, Luke Skywalker's back, and that's gone. It's over. So that crutch is gone. So now it really is about scooping, going into the proverbial room, Mm. sweeping up everything that still is in the room, putting it all together and bringing it with you because you're going to need all of it. You're going to need those droids. You're going to need BB-8. You're going to need D.O., You're gonna need R2D2, C3PO, Chewbacca, the Falcon, all that stuff, because you are forced to now introduce us to new characters, including a new villain. Uh, I joke about; I would laugh so hard if Palpatine came back, and then I'd be like, "This is getting terrible." But um, (laughs) to see the look on Lacey's face would be funny. But I, I I really, not to keep repeating myself, but the villain's huge, but also just introducing new. Um protagonists that aren't the... Like, I don't want another flyboy hotshot pilot and be like, oh, he's the new Han, he's the new Poe, or whatever.
1: But again, I, what I think is if, if you don't do that, then people, even though it's Star Wars, there are other things that you could sort of connect with. But I think if you go down that route of
0: not making it similar enough, then you have a problem. They're going to fool us because visually... And sonically, it's going to feel super familiar. One, because the OG, OG evergreen characters are still going to be there. And that's going to feel so good, like Christmas morning or Christmas Eve even. And then you're going to have this weird feeling of, holy cow, I'm getting nostalgia from characters that were invented 10 years ago. This is interesting. Seeing BB-8 in this different Mm -hmm. setting. He looks a little different. He has a new dent. Uh, It's been a while since we saw him. It's been about seven, eight years. But and then on top of that, the music, the music is still going to make us feel nostalgic because they're going to weave in a lot of those John Williams themes with the new score. So they're going to trick us into nostalgia, not in a mischievous, uh, disingenuous way, but using those elements while introducing us to new stuff. Quick, quick, quick thing and not to say that you're wrong cuz but I'm but I'm going to challenge you.
1: you a little bit here. I'm going to challenge you a little bit here. On the Hobbit visually and sonically and even with characters familiar like Gandalf played by the same actor it still didn't feel like Lord of the Rings. Bad so villain. they did all those things and they tried to meet that 20% familiar while introducing the new well, story I, or whatever. Where did that percentage come
0: from? I need to understand that. because It's my I, personal thing. I say 80-20. Uh-huh. But you're not I actually quantifying. You're not putting, you don't have a, a a tax accountant calculator and you're like, and that's 0.5% nostalgia and that's 0.2%. You're just... Obviously not, but what I'm saying is I think when somebody comes out of the, a movie
1: and they go like, oh my God, I just felt like, Like there was nothing familiar about that at all. It didn't even feel at all like a Tron movie or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, because you didn't connect it to any of the existing stuff. It didn't feel like, yeah, you can keep saying this is Tron, but look around. And you've said that before. Like, yeah, it looks like Star Wars. It looks like the back lot of LA, you know? It's like you you need things to be familiar. And when it doesn't look familiar, you go... That's two percent Star Wars because I see Obi Wan Kenobi, but like what what everything around
0: him? None of that's Star Wars. So the the percentage is off. So what if then I'll pitch this back to you? What if the expectation? Because clearly Bob Iger he recently said like expecting a billion dollars per movie is pretty ridiculous. That we we're at that point. Mm -hmm. So he, I think their expectations on box office is getting more realistic. They know people might start lowering costs too of movies, lowering budgets, which we talked about. How do Mm -hmm. they make, we, we had a discussion on that not too long ago about how can they make movies while cutting the budget. But also what if it's a situation where they go all in on getting everybody back to watch this movie, the Ray movie. And that's the one that feels the most familiar. But then there's a little bit of a lower budget on the Mangold movie because it is going to be completely new and different. And that's how they're going to split it up, where they're going to go full nostalgia with newness with the ray stuff, but then we're going to Mm -hmm. give you a new movie with Mangold. Didn't cost as much to make, won't make as much, but will still be profitable. Maybe they balance it that way where they're like, we're going to give you both, but in separate things. So that 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 all every so everyone is sort of fed, so to speak, or satisfied. The interesting
1: thing here is is whenever these topics get brought up, us included and all other fans, we always talk about it like, how could Star Wars do better? And I'm I'm wanting to, with, with my uh, theory on this, I'm wanting us to recognize that they're still leading the way. And, and in the case of this, saying like, what could Star Wars do to change up what they did with the sequels because those weren't as successful as the originals. Well, but I'm, what I'm saying is they were the most successful sequels. They're more successful than other franchises sequels. So they're actually doing the best thing. They could shake it up, but shaking it up also might mean that they start doing worse. So the thing that I say is keep doing exactly what you're doing and you'll keep leading the way In how to handle this. If anybody has a good handle on how do we make a second franchise out of our original franchise because we can't do the original franchise anymore because of time or actors or whatever, you know, whatever it is. People probably should be looking to Lucasfilm and being like, how are they still doing Star Wars to the degree that they're doing it? Because no other franchise has lived up to that.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think they've done a good job and I think um they need to So it's to, sort of like what I'm saying is keep doing what
1: you're doing. So take it, the formula that you did with the with the sequels and and everything
0: else, but don't forget that it is different because you don't have all of your You're, you're right on that. You are right to on that. rely on anymore. And and, and, that's, I do. and it's going to become fewer and fewer as more time goes on. And I um, do get that. I mean, I like I think they're doing like a good job. It, there's way more pressure on Daisy Ridley now than ever before, because when The Force Awakens came out, oh, we got Harrison Ford, we got Carrie Fisher, we got Mark Hamill, we got all, we got all of them, we got everybody, we are stacked. And now it's, now it's you. You're the one now. You know what's interesting? All, th- all three
1: movies had all three characters in it, except for Last Jedi didn't have Han Solo.
0: Uh right yeah and I believe there was I know it's in Jason Fry's novelization about a funeral scene or something I'm glad they didn't do it oh that's but, right
1: yeah. yeah but he wouldn't have been in it either
0: no yeah uh, all
1: all three actors were there for for seven Harrison all three Ford actors were there for flies well, out they the weren't Pine there but they were there
0: you know what I mean Harrison Ford flies out to Pinewood Studios to, to lay in a coffin
1: <laughs> you know what You know what is interesting? I never really thought about this. In The Rise of Skywalker, um, Harrison Ford was actually there and his character was not actually there. Right. And Leia was actually there, but the actor was not actually there.
0: She was actually there, but a previous version of her. Yeah. A previously yeah. filmed version of her, yeah. It is. But, it but is. Weird. You know what I mean? They, they. She's in that
1: movie, but she didn't
0: really like... look. You don't have to tell me. I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I just I
1: think love that's the interesting. Movie. That's an interesting concept. That it wasn't I just agree. like Han Solo was there. He kind of wasn't there, and then she's sort of the opposite of that. Luke's sort of that way too. You could argue that he's in the middle. He's sort of really there and also really not there at the same right. time. So he's sort of in the middle between them. That's. That's kind of cool.
0: It is. Um, all right, uh, I think that we will probably put a bow on this discussion. Um, I think it was a good one. I, I'm curious to, to see what everyone else thinks because we don't know you know what they're going to do, but um, discussing from putting our shoes in the general audience, uh, putting ourselves in the shoes of the general audience, I think <laughs> is important because honestly, show. if they don't bring everyone in, uh, these movies aren't going to make a lot of money and then it, then there's going to be other conversations to be had. Because I think everything in Star Wars, no matter what they try to do, will always hinge upon the movies first. Um, and that's how it should be. It's It set the bar at the beginning and it is the ultimate uh, movie event for me. Um, but... Uh, We hope everyone enjoyed this discussion. So thank you so much for listening or watching. However you are a part of TRB. Thank you. Um, If you like what we do and you're able to support us, uh, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. You saw Will the Force. Uh, We dedicated solely to all questions from Patreon this week as a thank you to them. Uh, So you get to have your topics on the show as just one thing of many. Go check out our tiers and see what else you can find, including our bonus content, at again, patreoncom resistance broadcast. Tier started just five bucks and it goes a long way to help us. So, thank you very much. We all have day jobs, families, and everything you see from TRB uh, since we started has uh, been us, the three of us doing everything behind the scenes, uh, in front of the scenes. What's the opposite of behind the scenes? The scene? In front of house. From the house, <laughs> yeah, anyway, thank you all. Uh, no matter how you support us, we appreciate that. Uh, make sure you uh, hit up Lacey at Lacey Gilleron on social media. Uh, and for me, Johnny Hoey, and my other uh podcast, uh, speaking of nostalgia, nostalgic movie podcast called Just Like the Movies, we're doing a period piece called Basketball next. So, we hope you all enjoy that. <laughs> <Great>. Uh, <laughs> James, how about you? Uh, Social media at Myra
1: Trunks. That's it.
0: Then your soccer podcast. Oh uh, heck yeah! Get get a kick out of me.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how the weekend went right now. So that's very upsetting. Knowing that.
0: Do you think hands off off would be a good a good name for a soccer podcast?
1: Hands off. Yeah, Yeah. maybe. I mean, I get it. I see what you're doing. All right. I would say All I'm right. you're putting down, but I can't use my hands.
0: So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> be like, well, the keeper, the keeper <laughs> um, with those hamburger helper gloves. All yeah. right. Uh, we want to do a special shout out to our Patreon generals and spice runners. Carmelo, John Ricci, Jenna Rosewater, Frank Ronde, Nick Kratz, Chris Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Sneaky Zebra, Colin Cormier, Jolton, Jedi, DiMaggio, Diana, and Dave Hornack. Uh, Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Michael Fry, and Fort Worthy. And thank you all so, so much. Yes, it means a great deal. Uh, and we'll, we'll see all of you, of course, in, in Discord as we uh, talk about everything that's coming up in 2024 because it is going to be a, a big year for Star Wars and we're excited for it, but we're not done yet for this year. Uh, James and I will be back with you on Thursday for TRB Live. Uh, James, anything else before we get out of here? Um... No, I just—if you heard me laugh a minute ago—I
1: was still thinking about all your soccer comments. Like, you walking up to the keeper. Would you think you're better than me because you get to wear a different uniform? Oh, <laughs> yeah. you're so cool with your light blue and your lime green, hot pink. Yeah, whatever, man. Get out of here.
0: <laughs> you got your gloves on. Why don't you go put on what everybody else is wearing? <laughs> you don't have to do cardio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah being a goalie is is the gig um but anyway um thank you all so much we hope you have a wonderful week happy december good luck shopping don't get hurt out there and uh we will see you next time right here on the resistance broadcast see you around kids